I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. And welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of the uh, 5.5 Podcast. We have not been shut down by COVID-19 yet. Uh, I am Danny Ortiz, alongside uh, my co-host, Eric LeBou. Welcome back, Eric. We're still here. Man, thank God we got off to a hot start. Thank, thank God. God. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I was sitting there, and uh, when the when the uh, news of the Mookie Betts extension came down, Ugh. my first thought, well, just as a Padre fan being, you know, kicked in the nuts as many times as we have, I'm like, well, we're fucked. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was just... I just figured that he was going to play the one season, and that was it. He yeah. was gone. He's going to go somewhere else. And next thing you know, he signs an extension for, what, 12 years, whatever 12 years. it is. Yeah, he's going to sign until he's like 38. So I was like, good God, man. Like, we're completely fucked. And then this weekend happened, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe not so bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can take these guys. Yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's so, not so bad. Very encouraged with what I saw this weekend. And then today on Monday, they got the they got the W. Yeah, absolutely. It has been, uh, it's been a weird, weird week in, in Padres Twitter, because you're right about the Mookie extension. Uh, even I was down. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Why? Yeah, man. Why? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then Arizona came to town, and I don't know who these Padres are, but I think they took our old Padres and stuffed them in the closet <laughs> because uh, it has been a night and day difference um, compared to last te- last year's team. So let's jump right into it. Uh, they just won today, so they are starting the season 3-1, and one, and uh, the biggest thing I think everybody's noticed is the approach at the plate. Approach at the plate. Going into today, they led the league in walk percentage at 20%. Uh, they drew four more walks today. One intentionally. Manny was intentionally walked. Uh, so three regular walks and an intentional. But what the hell is going on? Dude, I was sitting there and I was watching on the first day on uh, Friday. And I was like, man, this is nice. Like, you look at him. Bumgarner usually does very well against the Padres at yes. this time in the Giants. And I'm like... I'm like, damn, dude, it's, was it through uh, six, is it five and two-thirds, six and two-thirds? five and two-thirds. Five and two-thirds. He was at 100 pitches. Yeah. And then you look the next day, uh, was it Robbie Ray? Robbie Ray. The next day, three. he's he's through like 90 pitches, like three and two-thirds. Yeah. And then yesterday, they're working this full. Uh, and gallon. Gallon. And I'm like, God, dude, like this is a completely different Padre team. Yeah, and today, uh, who pitched for him? Um, Weaver. Luke Weaver. Yeah. Another, and he pitched really, I think he, uh, he pitched really well last year when they picked him up. He has great stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Gallon and Weaver have great stuff. And they grinded out at bats. They, it didn't work out for them yesterday. Um, I mean, they were able to grind out three runs. Uh, but uh, it didn't work out yesterday. But overall, I, I mentioned on, uh, I think it was either today or yesterday, I mentioned on Twitter that other than Bumgarner going five and two-thirds the first game, no Diamondbacks pitcher has reached the fifth inning since. Yeah. They've either been knocked out in the fourth or right, or uh, they haven't gone past five. So they keep knocking them out. And now the Diamondbacks have this overworked bullpen, and the Padres have just been capitalizing, right? Like it hasn't been they're scoring runs every every inning, and they're beating the tar out of them. It's they keep getting guys on base, and they're not coming through in all the situations. But then you have today where they grind out the at bats, and all of a sudden, you know, Greg Garcia lays down a bunt that scores a run. They find themselves with the bases loaded. Oh look, Tatis with a 107 mile an hour low line drive for a triple. And uh, that blew the game open. That has to be the coaching staff, right? I would think so. They showed video of it because they mentioned it. The first game was really obvious, right? Because it's like, hey, we haven't watched baseball in a while. And all of a sudden, it's, man, all these guys are, like, grinding out at bats. I think Machado, in his first two at bats, saw 15 pitches. Yeah. (laughs) 
This is this is an innings worth of pitches, yeah. ideally in his first two at bats, and then either that day or Saturday, Don had mentioned like, yeah, they actually have this drill where they have the pitching machine out there, uh, and they just mix it up with different, you know, because the pitching machine can throw fastballs and breaking balls, and they're not swinging, they're just standing in there, just tracking the ball. So it appears like this has been, and we knew Proler was going towards this, right? That's why he got rid of Fran Mill Reyes as much as we loved him. Why Hunter Renfro and Margot were shipped off uh, to replace them with Fam. And uh, Grisham, because these are guys who work the count, draw walks, grind out at bats, especially Fam. That's what he's known for. Um, and it's had a huge impact already in the first four games. Even yesterday's game, as disappointing as it was with those awful uniforms, um, <laughs> even then they still scratched across three runs just by simply getting guys on base consistently enough where you're going to get a couple of bloops and dunks in there to score some runs. Yeah, somewhere along the line, there's a philosophical change where it's like, hey, we're going to stop chasing everything. Like, we're going to stop s- swinging at sliders, low and away, low and in the dirt. We're just going to stop that, and we're going to start fucking grinding. Yeah. And, they, dude, they were grinding all weekend. Like, And I'm looking at I'm like, man, thinking about the way that the schedule is set up, facing opponents in the West of the, the AL and the NL West, I'm thinking there's not very many good bullpens. Like, you look at the the uh, the Dodgers, they're always kind of like, hmm, hmm. You know? Yeah, they're There's the different. Rockies, yeah. the the Diamondbacks, the Giants. Uh, I'm not scared of the Angels bullpen, the Mariners not bullpen. Of the, Angels at all. The, the Rangers bullpen. So I'm like, dude, you know what? If this is the route you're going to go, that's a recipe for success. You grind yeah. down the starting pitcher. Just grind, grind, grind. Get them out of there. Get into the bullpens and do your yeah. damage at that point. And it's... That's what they were doing this weekend, and it worked so well, man. Like, it was a noticeable difference, these at-bats that these people are having. It's like, as much as I love Framil, and I liked watching uh, Renfro hit dongs up hit on top of the He's already hit three today in Tampa. Well, that's good for him. Yeah. But as, love as, as much as I love seeing that, dude, it's so refreshing to see that bats that they're taking. Like, you mentioned uh, Manny Machado in the pitches. He saw uh, Tommy Pham work the count a lot this weekend. Uh Jerks and Profar was impressive. Thirty percent walk rate right now. I now, was of course, not, not hold, expecting yeah. that. I was not expecting that at all, and not so much because you know I, I didn't have faith in him or whatever. But I was looking at basically just off of his numbers, and I'm like, well, he doesn't really get on base. I think I even said that when we were talking about Dozier yeah. versus Profar. I'm like, well, dude, Profar doesn't get on base, so I don't know. And then I'm Neither looking at his really at bats, yeah. and I'm like, how is this type of play? And I know it's three games, but how is this type of play? produce that kind of results it just doesn't make any sense to me because there was a time uh over the weekend he was down oh two and he ended up working a working a walk <laughs> he's done that a couple times where he's like one two 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 and then he ends up fouling some pitches off yeah it was then, awesome uh, yeah and then he works a walk and it's yeah looking at pro so i have his numbers up i right really now. think that's where their success is going to come from this year is, is their new approach that they have uh getting the starters out of the game and getting through and just shredding bullpens in yeah. the al and the nos you know to profile's credit too like you don't think it but he did he was I'm rounding up here. 2017, he had about a 13% walk rate, and he posted a 9% the last two years. Right around 8 to 10% is where you would like guys to sit. So it's not like it's like uncommon. I just think when I look back and think of like the moves that that Preller made, I think uh, our good friend Dennis Lynn uh, text or uh, tweeted out the other day like when you look at the new additions like Fam, Profar, and Grisham, you can see what Preller was looking to do. With adding these guys, right? Because these are guys that don't strike out. I think Grisham, our fan struck out a little bit. I think he's got a two to a one to one rate right now. That's four games, and he's got absolutely hosed yeah. on a couple. of He got hosed already. a couple times. A couple. Of, Manny got hosed twice this weekend. Yeah. Toe White, Tatis has been hosed, but Manny big time. Yeah. Surprised he didn't pull out the chancla. But <laughs> uh, but you know, you could see when they were making those moves, right? Like when they got Taylor Trammell. What are they like, Taylor Trammell? He's got speed. 
Maybe he can play center. But he's like a line drive, you know, professional and that type of hitter. You can see, and as much as I like Arias, and I think he might be that kind of guy when he gets on the field, you see why they like Grisham. And Grisham is growing on me big time. He's a dude. He is. He's a dude. I think, I look at Grisham, and this is barring any off-field activity, right? Just strictly player and skill set. And I see a lot of, like, Petco Park, Padre, Brian Giles. I had a feeling you were going there when yes. you said off-field. Yes. Off-field. Yes. Because, you know, we're going to believe that he's a scumbag or whatever. But, like, when you look at what he did as a player, he ground out at bat. We hated him at the time, right? But if you had nine of those types of players, we'd be a playoff team. Ground out those, grind out at bats, take lots G- of pitches. I think Giles has been gone for, what, 11 years? And you still bring him up, dude, all the time. Just the stats. All the time. Just the stats. Oh, you know, if we have nine Brian Giles, that'd be great for the team. He's been gone 11 right, years. Let me let me rephrase that. Seth Smith, that year we gave him that extension. Right, there's a good example. <laughs> Seth Smith grinds out at bats, draws walks, puts the ball in play, etc. But Grisham has been really impressive because he's that's what he's done. He puts the ball in play, he grinds out at bats, he draws walks. He's obviously got some pop because he hammered that mid '90s fastball to the moon earlier today in the yeah. second inning or in the first inning. So he's been of the guys they've got like Profar. You know, he hasn't really hit, but he's drawn a lot of walks. Fans got to get going, obviously. But Grisham has been. Really impressive. He's growing on me really quickly. Yeah, it's it was really nice to just see a string of professional ABs. Yeah, professional constantly. ABs. Because yeah. it's like, and the way they had their lineup set up this weekend was just awesome. And I, I really liked it, too. it. Yeah, and I did At too. When I like, when yeah. I saw Profar in the leadoffs or the uh, cleanup spot, I'm like, oh god, dude, what the hell is this? Uh, but it's a couple of rips for an out, draw some walks. Yeah, but then you know I'm looking at it and I'm like. I'm like, damn, dude, okay, so you have, uh, dude, I love when they have Machado in the two-hole. So I do, too. You have Machado in the two-hole, and obviously Manny is Manny, so his at-bats are going to be on point all the time. He'll chase every once in a while. Yeah, but, he does But he's going to work the count. He's going to grind. He's going to get his. And then you have Fam coming up, and he's doing the same damn thing. And then you have Profar coming up, and that wasn't expected. And then these guys get on base, and on Friday, Eric Cosmer turns into the Hulk. <laughs> he turns into fucking Captain America over here, dude. And it's like, he probably what turned the hell? into a lawsuit. Out of <laughs> nowhere. Out of nowhere, he sits there and and Hosmer has comes up with the bases loaded. Was it twice? Drives him in both times. Doubles uh, one to the wall. Garner, and then I forget who the who was relieving at that point. Yeah, so man. he basically just played gap to gap. Yeah, you look at it, it's like man, that is a great setup. And and at this point, with sixty games, uh, with Hosmer having those dudes in front of him, he's gonna drive in a lot of runs, man. He is especially if he can gonna, stay on the field. Yeah, and yeah, like, uh, I heard whatever he has, the hell uh, he has. Yeah, diarrhea. Apparently, yeah. I think uh, his girlfriend tried to make a Mexican dish, and <laughs> well, that's what happens when you get Fox News reps to make Mexican food. <laughs> Must be those uh, goya beans. Yeah, but uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Check but <laughs> but uh, let's talk about. It. Let's jump into Hosmer, right? Because I think that of all the things that have been going on this weekend, this wonderful weekend of baseball. Uh, I think Hosmer's the the biggest piece of news because he's only played two games, but uh, he has not hit a ground ball. No. And I apologize <laughs> to everybody, who uh, to uh, all four of you, who jumped in on the Groundhog's Day uh, train during the... Uh, Suckers. During, <laughs> during the <laughs> exhibition. I didn't see this coming, I swear. I feel like I was like a, a pump and dump. This must be what it feels like <laughs> to pump and dump in the market. Yeah. But... Uh, all of a sudden, like, he hit that one double, and we're like, oh, yeah, he didn't even know where the hell it was. Yeah. But then the next time he comes up uh, with the base, or he comes up with the bases loaded, just unloads yeah, on Bumgarner. And it wasn't, I mean, we knew he hit the ball hard. We said, we've been saying this for like two years now. He hits the ball extremely hard. But he's not hit a ground ball in his two games. He's hit everything in the air. He popped up to short, I think, one of the outs he made. He's drawing walks. And then when he's barreling up, Surprise, surprise. You hit the ball 98 miles an hour consistently and you hit it in the air. Ball go a long way. You get at least double. Yeah, exactly, dude. And yeah. we have been saying that a lot. And, 
and you know, my, my thing on Twitter has always been to bash hedges. I mean, everyone yeah. knows that. And, and I've, I've started to come around to the point where I've been pretty vocal about saying that, you know, Hosmer needs to get his shit together. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, we've had, we've had DM threads with uh, me, you, and a couple of Mad Friars guys where I was, like, I was, like, staunchly defending Hosmer. Remember that? I'm like, dude, he brings shit that you can't see. I know that you're stuck in fam grass. And part of it was trolling. Part yes. of it, sure, was trolling. But... Like there was always, there's always been a piece of me, a part of me that's wanted Hosmer to do exactly yes, what he's doing now. Absolutely, and and it really changes the kind of the the outlook and the future of this team if he can um, sustain. sustain this. If he can sustain this, then it I think it really makes a big difference in in what we're able to do. And looking at he's not as much of a payroll hindrance now. Not like, at all. Like Arian gets to a point where like, oh god, I hope Haas doesn't opt out. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, oh god, he can make more than that thirteen million a year. Shit, I think he's gonna yeah. opt out. And, and you know? that's yeah, and I hundred percent now I hope he does. I don't think he will. I don't, I don't think, think he he's either. gonna keep it up. But I, I mean again, I would dude, I would love so much to be proven wrong on Now that. I was the I mean, I was completely on the other end of that, right? Because when they were talking about you know, are they going to sign Hosmer? Right, and those rumors were hitting. Oh, they're they're really they really want Hosmer. Um, and you had like you know, of, of all the guys to believe, Dennis Lynn's the guy to believe, and he was coming out saying they want they really want Hosmer. Yeah. And I was staunchly against him. Like, look, he's not really better than Myers. Like, he doesn't do anything better than Myers does. Like, great, he's the clubhouse guy, but like from an on field standpoint, where like it really matters, like. He's not an upgrade. And I was like, he's maybe a solid hitter at best. And then you move a guy like Myers out of position to put a guy who's not better than him at first base and you sink the payroll doing it. And so when they signed him, I said, I want him to do well. Like, I don't think he's going to do well. The numbers aren't there for me, but I want him to do well. I think he sucked for two years. Yeah. So maybe. No, he sucked. He was awful. He was awful. He's, he was the last, if you look at the last two years, the only regular first baseman who was worse than him offensively was Albert Pujols. Oh, I guess you don't like RBI. Because <laughs> let me tell you something. He had 99 of them last year. Well, if he was any good, he would have hit 100. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, objectively, he was the second worst first baseman in all the league in the last two years outside of the corpse of Albert Pujols. So, yeah, I was completely frustrated, but I don't want him to fail. If Hosmer, and I, I was saying this on Twitter all weekend, if he has, and we've said this last year when we found out like his exit velos are yeah. through the roof, right? Like you look at the chart, if you look him up, it's all the way to the right. It's elite exit velocity. If he could somehow even moderately adopt trying to hit the ball in the air, all of a sudden he's not a sunk cost. If he's this guy, he's not going to hit a fly ball every time. But if he suddenly said like, I'm just going to try to hit it out every time and hit it in the air, he's a superstar. And at $20 million, given what his skill set is, where hopefully he starts drawing walks again, he looks good so far. Cuts down on the strikes, strikeouts because that was his biggest thing. He draws some walks. He doesn't strike out a lot. He makes contact. If he's turned that into taking that skill set and now elevating the ball, trying to catch everything out front, all of a sudden he's a superstar. And his contract is an absolute steal. It's not not only is it not a drag on the payroll. It's hey, we have this monster hitting 280 with a 500 plus slugging at first base. Great, 20 million dollars for that guy. Perfect. Yeah, exactly, man. And you know he's. Uh... <laughs> opening night on Friday, he had a couple plays that looked kind of rough. I don't think either one of them was officially ruled an error. Oh, they should have been. <laughs> but, I mean, they were bad. That, those plays need to be made. And, and, dude, the timeline on Twitter was just incredible. Everyone was <laughs> killing him. You had Giannis with the picture of the uh, Laker girls, that one little shrimp, dude. Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. And I was reading the timeline. I was like, oh, God, dude, not, not again, Haas, not again. And then he steps up to the plate, and it just... He uh, just Boom. totally redeemed yourself. 
<laughs> he just came through, man, and I, I, I couldn't believe it. Now, it, whether or not it's sustainable, again, I, I, I don't think it is, but it's like... It doesn't... He's not going to hit 100% fly balls, Well, right? I mean, it, yeah, it, no there's, shit. There's no way. No shit. But it's like, is he going to turn it around to be... Uh, 50-50? Somewhere in between what he's been the last two years and what he's been the last two games. And I don't know if he will be. So, um, we'll see. But, you we'll know, and, and the pieces around him, Myers had a, a good weekend. Myers drew some walks. Myers went yard. You know, it's just, uh, it's yeah, really refreshing today. to see. Yeah. And it's like, I know Machado hit a homer, but I'm looking, he, he from basically some of his at-bats I was watching, I mean, it's not like it's like, oh, hell yeah, like Manny's on fire, you yeah. know? Um, same with Fam, And, like, if these guys aren't firing 100% yet, uh, Tatis has had some strike. I'm not worried about any of these guys. Tatis but, is fun. I think his way to runs created plus is, like, 150. He's basically picking well, up where he left off. My up. point is, is when those guys start firing, if Will yeah. and Haas are, are going too, I like it, man. I like it. I like, I like it, it a lot. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the rest of the division, and outside of the uh, outside of the Dodgers, there's not much that worries me. And, and what I really think is uh, was kind of – not really the unsung hero or or what really carried us this weekend. Dude, the pitching. Like, our pitching staff has looked incredible this weekend. Uh, Paddock came out on Friday. And you know what? Paddock didn't have his best stuff. No, you could tell. Through six, he walk. was pounding the zone, in which yeah. he even said himself, like, he needs to learn to not throw as many strikes. Yeah. Because if you're, if the you're around the zone as much as, as, much as he is, you're going to get lit up, especially yeah. when you don't really have a third pitch. Yeah. Which, he again, he waited until the fifth inning. To throw a breaking ball, and uh, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I thought he had a cutter. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, didn't he have a cutter? But I haven't seen anything. But he was a two pitch mix, basically the first five innings, and he was choking his changeup a little bit. I don't know if it was from nerves or what it was, but he didn't have his best stuff. The next day, I don't. Lamette was Lamette. I mean, his overall numbers were were insane, but there were still times where he'd struggle to find. He struggles against lefties, especially. Yeah, he would struggle to find a little bit. He was leaving that slider up, but his stuff is so is so good that he can get away with that. Yeah, same with Paddock. Same with Paddock, and then um, yeah, man, I just I I can't get over how well their pitching staff did this weekend. Well, let's talk about that because I want to get into what we think so far because we're four games in. He's three and one now. Good old Jace Tingler. Um, let's let's talk about Tingler and, and and what we think so far of his overall execution. First and foremost, I will say game one. Not once did I question the lineup or anything, any decision making he had, yeah. which is rare because like he's a rookie manager, right? Like he didn't even man. I mean, I think he managed in Dominican leagues, but he did not manage or in the Dominican summer leagues. But he's never managed the minor leagues, right? Like he's not looked. He wasn't looked at. The way Andy Green was, where he's this prodigy of right. a manager, and he's going to come up and get his coaching, you know, uh, time in, and then he's going to manage and be great. Like he didn't have that kind of hype. His hype was he's a good organizational guy. He's worked in pretty much every facet you can work in, uh, on field and front office wise, and that's why he's going to be good. Um, at no point did I ever think to myself, other than one move, which I'll touch on in a second, but for the most part, ninety-nine percent of the time, even with the lineups, I didn't really question too much what Jace Tingler was doing. He was kind of like. Out of sight, out of mind, which I think is the best quality a manager can have. When I tell you that I legitimately, and I found out on Instagram, they had posted the pictures of the back of the player's jersey. And they're like, here it is, the starting nine for opening day. And I'm scrolling through, I'm like, all right, all right, Tatis, Machado, fam, Profar. And then I'm scrolling through it, and I'm like, Mejia! I'm like, oh my God! <laughs> like, I, it, it blew me away. It blew me away that he had the sack. 
to bench hedges on opening day, dude. I, miss I could the, uh, not believe it. I miss the announcement where they announce everybody coming out. Oh, yeah. What did Hedges, hedges look like, John? He Mount? looked defeated, bro. He, well, <laughs> they were all just standing there, and they put it on him, and he just looked defeated being announced as a reserve. And it just, oh, my God. Dude, it made me so happy. Yeah, so, I mean, sack. just when I saw that, and I'm like, okay, Tingler, okay. But And then you look at the moves that he's made, and pretty much, I mean, over the weekend, I don't really have any grudges. I'm not, I'm not stoked. Am I stoked that, that Kirby threw back-to-back nights that weren't safe situations? No. I, I don't yeah. like that, personally. He also showed up late to camp, which I think we have to remember. He was not in – Kirby showed up late to summer camp. Oh, did he? Yeah, I believe so. I don't think he showed up like day one. I think he was a little late. Even for then, whatever reason. even but then, yeah. dude, throwing him back to back days. Yeah, mm, day game after night game. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really love that. And then plus, Mejia got got blamed for. Of course, he did. Kirby not. But they're two and zero with Mejia as a starter. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. So yeah, I mean, um, um, to to answer your question, like with Jace Tingler, I'm happy with what I've seen so far. As am I'm I. I'm happy, and and you know a lot of the. We, we we love to bash on the manager whenever the team isn't playing good. And in that same respect, you have to give them credit when they come out the way that they have. Because I think that this approach can be really placed like, hey, this is this is the work of Tingler. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is the work I mean? of like, Tingler in like... I'm really uh, happy with the dude right now. And he has a heavily revamped coaching staff, right? Like, yeah. Wayne Kirby looks like a ton of fun. Oh, yeah. That's not a... That's the, you know, that, I mean, he looks like he's having a blast. Um, they got... Uh, was it Bobby Dickerson was the Manny's infield coach? Yep. Um... And, of course, they brought in Rothschild. So he has, like, a revamped coaching staff. But, yeah, you can see the difference in a – because I do think a manager – as far, obviously, bullpen usage is the first thing you're always going to notice in lineup construction. And maybe we question, like, profile in the four-hole. What the hell? Against a lefty. Um, but it worked out so far. I mean, he's grinding out at bats. So maybe, you know, ideally you want – Well, Profar hit lefties well last year. Yeah. Which was, the, which was a good question that I remember H.J. brought up. It's like, well, why do you have Dozier? Because it's not like you're going to platoon him because they both True. primarily hit lefties well, not righties. But anyways, you, ideally you hope Hosmer turns into the four-hitter and, and you can leave it at that. But nonetheless, everything worked out great. I do think that the manager does have a say in, like, approach. You know, what, what are you trying to do at the plate, right? Because we complain about Bud Black and Andy Green for basically the same thing. These guys have no idea what the hell they're doing. They're just yeah. hacking. And now you have them doing drills where they're literally sitting on a pitching machine just watching the ball. Yeah. They're not swinging. They're not taking hacks or butting. They're just sitting there going through their normal motions as if they're going to swing, but just tracking the ball. Up. That's got to be a Tingler thing yeah. or at least a coaching staff thing where they're changing that up. Um, I think his bullpen usage is great. I love that he is not one to wait. Uh, I like that he brought Kirby Yates in on uh, Saturday night. He was like, fuck it. It's a four-run lead, but I want to win. I do agree, you know, bringing Yates in, not so much high leverage, uh, which I think is fine, but bringing him a day game after a night game, tie game, yeah, maybe that's not the best spot for him. Uh, he also brought in Javi Guerra in a one-run game. <laughs> yeah, that was a head-scratcher for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, and then Hill, I think Hill out. came in. That's when Hill came in to get him out of it and yeah. made a nice debut. He'll, he'll look pretty good so far. Yes, um, yes. So, but for the most, other than those two things, and even the Kirby thing, like, I think you can debate, like, well, the game is tied. The game is clearly on the line. Who in the who in the bullpen is better than Kirby Yates, right? Like if, if your game's on the line, to me, you go with your best guy. If Yates says I'm fine, I feel good, I feel 100. percent If you think you're gonna go with him, that's your best arm. I'm not gonna really question. Maybe you question not giving him a full day, but he's also your best arm. Like he's your premier arm in the bullpen. So fine, go with him. But other than that, like he's been great. He has a Lamette went five, Paddock went six. Um, he pulled Lucchese really early today to bring yeah. in Quantrill, and they did not fucking score. Yeah. <laughs> that was the end of that for the Diamondbacks. 
Um, he was real quick yesterday getting the hook up with the Richards, who actually looked pretty good. Yep. Um, it looks like he's going to piggyback Quantrill. I imagine tomorrow with the Davies on the mound, he's probably going to do something similar, let him get to the lineup a couple times. I was wondering why they pulled Quantrill. He, it seems like he pulled Quantrill pretty quick today. Yeah. And I know that he got in a little bit of trouble, but I'm wondering maybe tomorrow with Davies, Quantrill yeah. get a little bit more. Because um, they brought in Perdomo to throw a couple, right? Right. Yeah, so I would imagine. And Perdomo looked really, really He did. Good. And so. I like, you know, Perdomo, we got to remember, he's, <laughs> he, uh, he skipped like everything. So yeah. it might take him a while. But, yeah, it's, it's putting guys in a position to succeed. I like the idea of Quantra kind of being like your number six slash, you know, super reliever. He just comes in and gives you a couple innings to Bridget so you can get to Pomeranz and Strom and Pagan and Yates and uh, Pierce Johnson. Michael, we forgot he exists. He's yeah. gonna, when you give him a multi-year deal, he's looked good. But I like that he knows, like, I have all these weapons so I can kind of go with guys – you know, every other day, right? Pomeranz through Friday and I think yesterday, but he didn't throw Strom through uh, Saturday. So he's like, he can mix and match. But so far... I wonder um, at what point you're going to run out of weapons, though. Because with so many games and so many days, yeah. there's going to come a point where everyone's tired. Everyone's yeah. running on fumes. I think, you know? uh, ideally, I think the goal the goal looks like, hopefully, Paddock, Lamette, and Richards can go, like, six-ish. And that you really only have to worry about really mixing and matching in the bullpen. Uh, on your four and five days. Uh, but even then, if you have Perdomo, who we know can start and go multiple innings, um, we know Strom can go multiple innings, and uh, Quantrill can go multiple innings, I can see them saying, you know, we'll be fine because we can mix and match, and we have enough bullpen arms and enough at least two guys can throw two or three innings if we need them to, so we won't get too gassed. And that doesn't include them bringing guys up, you know, like eventually I think we're going to see Goran Patino at yeah. some point. Uh, to mix and match. I so. still don't know how the service time works <laughs> about <don't> <laughs> accumulating a year, accumulating, and, and that could all change with the new CBA as well. Yeah. So you know, how, as as much. I think as, if they're down for a week, they get the extra year. Really? I think I think so. Yeah, I mean. But uh, Scanlon had said today, yeah, you know, there's actually wasn't a slam dunk that Lucchese was going to start today. Yeah. They they thought about Tingler thought about maybe I'll go. He wouldn't commit to bull- something. Yeah. In he last won't night's post game. Yeah, he's commit. like maybe I'll go with a bullpen game today, and that makes sense because you're what is it sixty games in sixty three days? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so yeah, you're we're probably going to see a point where it's like okay, we're going to go out and start Javi Guerra, and then just fucking work our way through, you know, the rest of the bullpen and see if we can make it. Javi Guerrero will go one, Contra will go three or four, maybe we'll bring him. Hopefully we can get to the sixth or seventh with the lead. But um, so far, so good. Like I said, for the most part, I haven't really thought about Jace Tingler or said, what the hell are you doing? He's done really good using the bench. I like that he used, oh, I almost fell over when he's like, oh, here's Head just subbing in for Mejia, late defensive replacement. Yeah. Yes! Yeah. Yes! I know you had said that you wanted yes, that. Yes, that's perfect. It's the best way to do it. If yeah. they, I don't know if they did it today. I don't think so. No. Um, Nope, Mejia yeah. cut the whole game. Good, and I can see Mejia catching. I honestly, I can I can understand why they want Hedges to catch uh, Lamette and Richard because of the breaking ball nastiness of it all. Yeah, great, that's fine. Let Mejia catch everybody else. But uh, yeah, I I love that idea. I love that he's like plugged Cronenworth in. I think Cronenworth uh, ran uh, for Hosmer yesterday, and that ended up working out because he drove in a run late in the game. Yeah, uh, had an RBI double for his first base hit. Welcome to the show, kid. Yeah, and uh, crushed. Yeah. He's used Garcia great. Like, Garcia's been great coming off the bench. Um, so I've really liked, overall, his roster usage so far. So It's crazy, dude. It's it's a fun team to watch. <laughs> it is. It's amazing when you have a team that, like, has, like, a team-wide approach and a manager who's not, like, 
over-managing himself, right? Yeah. Like, he's not, I got two strikes on Votto with Yates, let's bring it hand to throw a slider, yeah. right? He's not overdoing it. He's just like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I have a plan, I'm going to stick to it, and uh, have at it, boys. What I really loved about this weekend as well is they were really aggressive on the base paths. Mm-hmm. Tommy Pham, back-to-back games, two stole two bases. Four stolen bases in and, two games. And, yeah, and I'm like, dude, like, that's... Tatis and Manny double still? That's what we wanted to see all along. Like, you see that Will took off today, and it's yeah. like... Put the pressure on. Make them make plays. And and I feel like years before with Andy, we weren't doing that. We were sitting back no. waiting for things to come to us, waiting for runs to come to us. And we now also we're going out big and lumbering oaths. Right? And I'm looking at like Tatis is on third. It was like a, multiple times over the weekend ta- where Tatis is on third. And he's taking a big ass lead. Yeah. I'm like that messes with the pitchers. Yeah, like it does, especially How many with times Bumgarner. Do the pitchers throw over to first. Even exactly. With Myers on first. Exactly. Like, he's not a terrible runner, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're causing havoc on the base pass, and that's what I like to see now. I mean, it was against the Diamondbacks, which <laughs> I the think the Diamondbacks. Great? No, I, I think you're underrating like the. I feel like the Diamondbacks. I think they're trash. I think they're a pretty solid team. They've got I don't know. I forget the first base. Christian Walker's a solid player. Cattel Marte. I mean, they have you, Cattel Marte, and that's it. No, I know Cattel Marte looks like you know you order Tatis off the wish app, but you get Cattel Marte. I know that, <laughs> but he's pretty good. Nick Ahmed is like. A great defensive shortstop. He's shortstop Austin Hedges. Yeah. Well, he hits better than that. Let's not <laughs> insult the man, for God's sakes. He earns his living. Uh, Eduardo Escobar is really good. Um, who's it? Starling Marte? Like, we were pissed that they got two years of Marte for what they gave up for him. Because he's really good. Um, I forget who's in their outfield. Oh, uh, David Peralta. He kills the Padres. He's a good player. Yeah, not and scared then, of him. <laughs> I'm not, dude. I'm not scared, but I mean, from a talent standpoint, like... They look like they can be competitive. They were basically whatever last year, and then they made some trades. And then the second half, they were competing for a wild card. They didn't end up making it, but they were still competitive. And they went out and tried to get better. Like, I think their pitching staff is pretty good. Like, they clearly want to get better. Bumgarner's solid. Um, and the rest of the guys we saw this weekend were actually pretty good. So I don't got- think Bumgarner's solid. I think he's solid. I don't think he. I don't ever think he was as good as they hyped him up to be because of his World Series. Like, he's he was- still, dude, he was in the upper 80s. I don't think he cracked yeah. 90. No, I don't think At so all. either. But I don't think he's like. He's also not piping it right down the middle. Like his two worst pitches were to were to Hosmer. Yeah. Uh, really, his his worst pitch was to Hosmer because that's the the bases clearing uh, double. But he's not bad. Like he's going to give you, well, not this year, but he's going to give you 180, 200 innings. He's going to make all the starts. Um, Gallon looked really good, and uh, Weaver looked really good. It's not their fault. The Padres grinded out at bats and knocked them out. But I think the Diamondbacks. I think you're underrating them. I don't think they're great, but I think they're competitive. They're not a doormat like the Giants. Who just got done, you know, whitewashing the Dodgers for a split? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. We got the Giants coming up this uh, this week. So to quote my, uh, you have to beat up on those yeah, teams, dude. You, you do. Have to. You cannot split. Uh, tomorrow's match is pretty interesting. Jeff Samarja and Zach Davies in a matchup where a friend of ours who happens to love shrimp says two pitchers who I absolutely don't want to watch pitch. Yeah, yes, I, I don't know what matchup. to think about Davies. And no, like just uh, seeing how this season has started, I can just see Davies going out and steamrolling the Giants. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, my God, we won the trade. <laughs> I think I think um, if I had to guess just based on how he's acted so far, I think Davies is going to look really good. He's going to look good the same way Lucchese looked okay today. He's going to go four or five innings, depending. And, and uh, Tingler said, like, yeah, they're rolling. Like, yeah, you know, we're going to pay attention to the, you know, three times to the order thing or two times to the order. But if they're rolling and they're fine, I'm just going to leave them out there. You know, I'm not just going to pull them just because. Like, you're gonna, it's going to be a game-by-game thing, but – I think what Davies is what'll happen is he'll go five innings. He'll look solid against a crappy lineup. Maybe he goes out there for the six, but if he doesn't, Tingler's just going to dive into the bullpen and shut him down. Yeah, and it, does, it, it is nice. It is nice that it lines up to where his first start is against the Giants. Yeah, 
That that's that works out very well. I think he'll be fine on Raw. I mean, his numbers speak for themselves. He's a solid back-end starter, but I think with him, it's the same thing with Lucchese, which I've been barking about since they brought Lucchese up. Like, you have to realize the reason he's a back-end starter is because they don't have the stuff. Like, Paddock can get through three times to the order because he throws lots of strikes, and his stuff is plus. He has a wipeout pitch. Those two guys don't have a wipeout pitch. Like, the Turb is great, and Lucchese can smoke and mirror his way through, but we've seen it, man. Third time through. It does not look pretty. So, yeah. when you have a guy like Tingler who's not going to sit there and I want him to show me he can get through it because he's not being stupid, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be effective because he'll be used the way he should be used. You know, I really love watching this weekend as well is the fact that we have a DH now in the National Thank League. God. And the fact that we're able to work the lineup around, maybe get guys at rest, get more guys ABs we want to take a look at. Yeah. I love that. I would really prefer that if Frankie isn't behind the plate that he's DHing. Because Tor- uh, Torrens is still on the roster, right? I believe he is, dude. I just I feel like Mejia's bat has to be in the lineup every single day. Whether he's catching, whether he's DHing, you have to get him in there. And, and like, if he's losing DH uh, at-bats to, like, freaking Josh Naylor, <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, we, Frankie's I, a guy that he has to get hot, and when he gets hot, he can carry yeah, your team. I do think... He's a catalyst offensively. I when think they actually when have he two gets catchers. the chance. I think they only have two catchers, right? Because didn't AC tweet something out? They had three, and then when they checked the roster, it was just two. Okay, so twice a week, you yeah. sit there and you take the risk of having, your, of having Hedges maybe get hurt, and then yeah. for the next three or two times through the order you have to actually bat your pitcher yeah whatever which is the same thing like whatever dude i'm thing. not worried about that whatsoever. what's that just over nine with like six k's yeah, or something like exactly, that yeah. exactly exactly so real stubborn on that approach yeah i do i do want to see frankie get a vast majority of at bats every single day yeah whether he's catching whether he's dh'ing well, this that's is a, a one last week you were like hey you know every game counts and we got i understand we got to keep hedges out there how how's that a 180 no, it said last week you're okay with Hedges starting a catcher? Well, yeah. If The only way I'm okay with Hedges starting a catcher is if that doesn't take away at-bats from Mejia. Okay. And by having uh, Hedges behind the plate catching and not having Frankie DH, yeah. that's taking away at-bats from yeah. Frankie. Especially with Naylor. I don't like that. Awful. I don't like that. Yeah, I could get on board with that. This is why I want him to carry three catchers. Yeah. Because it makes sense because Torrens is probably better defensively. He's come a long way. And he's probably going to be a good backup catcher anyways. Like. Yeah. I like, just don't see. I don't see a lot of risk of having both catchers. And here's my like. I'm not. I'm not like a certain cook on Twitter who just absolutely hates Josh Naylor. Yeah. Like I think he's got some upside, but at this point, France can play first base. Cronenworth can play first base. He played it yesterday. Profar has played first base. Myers can play. For, we have four guys who can adequately play first base. Yeah. We have two lefties in Cronenworth and Garcia who aren't strikeout kings, right? Like they're. They fit more of the we're going to grind out at bats and work pitches and put the ball in play. Naylor doesn't seem like that type. And we have Oliveris, who has looked great in his limited time, being used sparingly but effectively. What What is the point of Naylor? Like, he, he can only play first base. He cannot play the – he should not be playing the outfield. So, no. you're probably – like, at this point, why is he here? I'd rather have Torrens than Naylor. Yeah. He would be more useful. He would be. Because then you can use him as the backup catcher, or you can, okay, we're going to give Hedges the night off. We'll start Luis, and then we'll put Mejia at DH. And in worst case, somebody gets hurt. At least we have a third catcher. Well, I was looking the other day, and I'm like, well, 
because I was like, I'm so done with Josh Naylor, man. I can't, I can't stand. I'm this fine guy. with him, but, but it's not the here's year. the thing. Here's the thing. I'm like, I'm done with Naylor, and then I was thinking, I'm like, God, dude, he's like 22, and I was yelling at people for being done with Urias <laughs> at 22. So I mean, at some point, I got to keep it consistent. I can't flip flop well, my entire fucking existence on Padres Twitter. But dude, I, like, there's no point for Josh Naylor to be taking at bats this year. In I my agree. opinion, I I don't need to see him up there trying to work through his issues. Yeah, and here's my logic I don't behind need to it. See like, that. I get it. Like, I like Josh Naylor as a prospect. I do think eventually, like, I hope to God he's not Yonder Alonso. I do think he'll eventually be like a decent major league player. But the thing is, is like, I get why they traded Urias, and then they went out and got Profar. Like, but they went out and got a guy who actually fits a need. At the time they traded Urias, I don't think they traded Edwards or uh, who the hell else did they trade? That's blocking my mind. Anyways, at the time that they traded uh, Urias, they still had Edwards and obviously have Abrams, right? Like, you have depth. And they went out and got something they needed, which was Grisham, to go play center field, and he slots right in, right? With Naylor, it's like he doesn't really fit anywhere. And we're not in a position now where Especially you, if Hosmer yeah. is what we have been wanting yeah. him and to be. and with Grisham, too. Grisham actually played regularly once he came up, and he was... Naylor was decent, and he was okay, but so was Grisham. But Grisham brings more to the table because even if Grisham is, at best, a league average hitter, he's still probably going to be an above-average base runner, and he plays center field, a premium up-the-middle position, which is way more valuable than a mediocre-hitting DH who can really only play first base and maybe not even adequately. Yeah. So I was okay last year saying, okay, we'll just run Naylor out there and see what we got. But, like, this year, it's clear what the moves Preller made. Went out and got Pham, he got Profar, he got Grisham. He got Davies, like, and then obviously they traded. They signed fucking Pomeranz. They got John, like he's made every move has been like anti-prospect. His last prospect move was uh, Taylor Trammell. Everything since the offseason has started has been seemingly with the goal of make the team better now. And so we're not really in a spot where we can let Naylor develop on no. the major league roster. We're not. Like I get it. I think he'll be good eventually, but like at this point, I'm moving him into like the you know, the the backup team or with a 60-man roster and getting him out of here. Bring something up you can actually use. I'm moving Naylor the first chance I get. Oh, yeah. The first chance I I would have moved him in the offseason. think about it. What is the absolute best-case scenario for him? He's not going to move Haas off of first base. No, he's, he he's can't not play the outfield. He, he sucks in the outfield. What's he going to do? Best-case scenario? Best-case scenario, he develops into a DH, and you look at his bat, and you, you kind of dream on what his bat could be, and then take that bat and compare it to other DHs in the league. Yeah. It's not great. No. So even best-case scenario, he's an okay DH. And even then, unless it's like Edgar Martinez or... You know, Edgar Martinez, like right now, he's, unless he's J.D. Martinez, like... And he's not. He's not, and he's probably never going to be. That's not... The kind of like he's not Vlad Guerrero Jr. right like even if even if they moved Guerrero Jr. to DH it's like well he's an elite hitting prospect so worst case scenario he's an all star hitter and he just can't play defense but he, he's more than good enough to DH Naylor it's like I I view the DH for the, a team like the Padres and a lot of other teams where it's like you can just kind of mix and match give guys a day off right they gave Myers a day off recently I think Profar did Profar DH today. Somebody, I don't know, they, they moved... Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Because Garcia played second. Yeah. So, you know, it, and it's perfect because, well, I don't want to take Profar's bat out of the lineup. He's getting on base. We'll give him a half day off, right? Like, okay, Garcia, go play third. We're going to give Manny the day off and let him DH today. We're going to give Fan the day. For the Padres, the DH is more valuable in that you can interchange it while keeping guys in the lineup without giving them, you know, the full day off. So having somebody like Naylor, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, if you have to do a platoon situation, fucking let Cronenworth DH or let... You know, let Hosmer DH and move Profar or somebody to first base 
for that day and let Garcia play second or something like that. Having Naylor strictly there when his only role is to DH is a waste of a roster spot. Yeah. They would be way better off, like I said, having Mejia be the DH on off days when he's catching and then having Torrens as the backup. And then by doing that, it's it's not like you're having Mejia there because you think long-term he's a DH. He could be. No, sure. you're just getting his bat but in the lineup. You're getting his bat in the lineup. You're getting him a chance for his bat to develop yeah. while helping the team win. When he came back from injury last year, he was legitimately one of the best hitting catchers in the league. He's one of the best hitters in the league, I believe. But catching-wise, easily one of the best catchers, hitting catchers in exactly. the league. Exactly. I want that guy in my lineup every day. I want yeah. that bat in my lineup every day. So... Uh, we'll see about that, but you know what? Uh, this weekend, before we, before we get to the Padres Twitter segment, which I put out a little bit late, so I apologize that's for okay. that. I think that's, that's on me. Yeah. But um, one thing that happened this weekend that I think is going to institute a change, at the very least, it's really going to help the voice get louder for a change that we've been begging for for years. Robo-ups. The automated oh. K-Zone. And here's, here's why. Because you're looking at it, and I saw tweets saying, oh, hey, uh, baseball ratings are as high as they've ever been before, ever. And uh, Padres' opening weekend was uh, watched like 300% more than it was last week or, wow. or last year, whatever it was. Ratings are sky high. Why? Because people can't go to the games. Because <laughs> we're not at the so games. <laughs> the people that were going to the games aren't going to the games, so what are they going to do? They're going to watch on TV. Yeah. TV ratings are so high. And what happens when you watch a game on TV? You have that box. And then you see that ball outside of the box, a but you still outside. see you still see old Whitey behind the plate calling a strike. You still see that. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, dude, eventually people are gonna get pissed. They're like, what the hell's going on? And and there's gonna be a growing movement towards an automated K zone. And I think that COVID has helped tremendously with that because people are watching from home and they can actually see it. Like, they're not at the ballpark, so it's not like, oh, man, well, the players are jawing, so it must be bad. No, you can see how bad the umpires are. And this weekend has been terrible. You look at the opening the opening series, uh, New York and Washington, just god-awful umpires, dude. Absolutely terrible. I think it was Angel Hernandez behind the play, <laughs> the first game. And I'm like, dude, nationally televised the first game back after a pandemic, and you're putting Angel Hernandez behind the fucking play? Are you kidding me? So it's just been amplified how bad these fucking umpires are. And I think that it's going to lead to the voice getting louder and the demand growing greater for an automated K-Zone. And I'm here for it. Dude. I don't know why. Because they have the DH, right? They have the runner on second rule, which I don't care for the rule itself. I understand why they're doing it now because of roster limitations. Fine. Right? I love the DH. This would have been the perfect year to implement the K-Zone. And just say, hey, look. Just like the DH, this is a way to try to keep everybody safe. The home plate umpire doesn't have to be right behind the catcher. He can be six feet behind. And all his job is is to listen to whether it's a ball or strike and call plays at home, call box, things like that. Yeah. Right? Like That's his job. But we can take the strike zone part of it out of it because he doesn't have to be right on top of the catcher to do it. He can keep a safe distance. Yeah. It made perfect sense to do it. And I don't know why they didn't because you are right. Not only watching games <clears throat> um, throughout the league, but just – I mentioned, like, Manny Machado got hosed several times on yeah. balls that were clearly off the plate. Now, we've seen a lot of, like, Don and Mud, like, oh, man, we got a call there. Oh, exactly. that was way outside. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Lots of them. And if you look at the umpires, they're not getting any younger. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. are we supposed to believe that 65-year-old uh, Joe West or however old, however old he is or... 
um, insert old white guy here yeah. is is able to ke- uh, keep his eye on these pitches that are coming in upper nineties. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. That's why you get the guys that they look at the ball from whatever they can see, and then they see the glove move three quarters of an inch it's over that. to the left, and they call it a strike. Yeah. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, That's an ambulance on the way right now. I'm about to have a heart attack, dude. I'm so pissed I off. I know. I know. An aneurysm. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like, it's a tough job. Like, it's not an easy job. You know, statistically speaking, like, the umpires, for the most part, do, I mean, considering human limitations, do a pretty good job. But at the end of the day, number one, they're this getting week, worse. Yeah, number one, this weekend has been like basically the adult league of umpiring. Yeah. Uh, number two, there's no reason for it. We have the technology, and even said it's like, well, you know, it might not be that accurate because of, who cares if the ball is in right the box? Right now, isn't very yeah, accurate. Yeah, if the ball is in the <laughs> box and it looks like a strike based on the ball being in the box, that's good enough. And yeah. Three, it gets rid of the arguments, right? Like I'm surprised Tatis didn't get tossed the other day. Yeah, me but too. But it gets rid of the arguments. It's one less thing to worry about and this would have been the perfect time to do it but i think you're right i think with all the people you know basically the average of twenty thousand people in the ballpark now watching games at home because they're not at the ballpark i do think you're right i think it's going to be an even bigger glaring issue than it already is and the voice will get louder maybe we'll finally get it in 2021 well i think that they were already leaning towards oh yeah i think they'd said they'd already slowly but i think that this is going to give the final push they had in the minors right at some level i think oh no no they had it in the uh, independent leagues yeah yeah Yeah, there's yeah they they had the independent leagues as a primer to see how it worked out which obviously means they're going to implement it at some point we'll see just got to pay off the either they're going to implement it or they're strongly considering it yes and that's all i can ask for yeah just just give it a chance i think we've we've come a long long way and i I think that eventually that's gonna come into place here but uh let's see let's see what we got for the padres twitter segment not that many voicemails this week again i put it out a little bit late but uh let's go ahead and check out this uh first one some of them came in or a couple of them came in on friday night i believe it was friday night or saturday night whatever it was really yeah, because I put it out because the Padres were playing so goddamn good. I'm like, hey, voicemail's open, just so you guys know. So uh, let's see what we got. Let's play the first one of uh, the 2020 season. Hey, it's John Driscoll from at John Driscoll. And I was I was curious about how Eric felt when Eric Hosford dragged his balls all over his face. <laughs> and I feel like you guys slept on him all off season, and here he is. So... Fuck one. Love you, Eric. <laughs> Can we just say, like, everybody... It's well-deserved, Dick. It, yes, it is. Yeah, let's just put it out the there. The Hosmer hate, not the uh, balls across yeah, my face. let's just put it out there. Hosmer <laughs> has been an absolute fucking... Minus two games, right? He's played, like, 300 and... What, 320 games or something as a Padre? Minus two games in his Padre career, he has been absolute trash. He has been a complete and utter disappointment. He's making $20 million a year to be the second worst first baseman in the entire league. Every bit of Hosmer hate has been completely justified. And yes, we hope to God he turns it around. I hope to God this is Eric Hosmer saying, I want to join the flyball revolution. Because he's a superstar MVP caliber player. If he doesn't, he absolutely changes the outlook of this team. If suddenly he is an above-average all-star level hitting first baseman. If people knew how hard, even up until... Probably the middle of this offseason. If people knew how hard I would defend Hedges in direct messages, in group chats, I would defend the shit. Did I say Austin Hedges? Yes. Eric Hosmer. God damn, dude. 
I must whoa, have... whoa, whoa, the cat's out of the bag, Eric. Did he inject me with something before we started this? <laughs> I did nothing of the sort. Eric Hosmer. If you guys knew how hard I defended Eric Hosmer yeah. in group chats, in group DMs, dude. I will vouch for you. <laughs> Eric is very, like, he even, Eric I'm is very honest. I'm a big feel guy. Yeah, you, but you were honestly, like, I know he sucked, but I honestly believe that the team loves him and that he contributes in some way to their production because they love him as a person in the clubhouse and as a teammate. Which, again, I can agree to a point, but that doesn't make him worth $20 million. What it was is I saw he was hitting the shit out of the ball, and I'm like, dude, there's no way you can be that stubborn. And there just had to be someone that laid the facts on the table and said, look, guy, like, here's what's going on. Here's what you need to do to get better. Like, just give it a shot. Eventually, he's going to cave in. Yeah, you have nothing to lose. I didn't tell you, you have nothing to lose but playing time. Exactly. That's it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're going to make the money no matter what. I, I do wonder, like... I wonder if, like, Tingler and, like, the front office basically said, look, Eric, like, we're legitimately trying. Like, you were the first step. Well, really, Myers was, but you don't have to tell him that because that uh, didn't work out so well. Like, look, Eric, when we realized where we wanted to be and what kind of personnel we wanted on the team, you were the first step towards that goal. Then there was Machado, and then there was Fam. There's a certain type of player, personality-wise, that we are trying to build the character of this ball club with. But we need you to produce. Like, we need more out of you. Yeah. And we need you to be the guy that we signed you to be. And we need you to hit the ball in the air. Yeah. Because I, I refuse to believe that if you tell a player, I say this about Matt Kemp, like, I refuse to believe if you sit down with a player and tell them, look, here's what you do really well. Here's how we take what you do really well and make it better, not just for you, but for the team. I refuse to believe that a, a, a uh, even-minded human being would not be receptive to that. You don't have to tell him he sucks. Yeah. You say, hey, look, you know, we've been really happy. You drove in almost 100 runs. Like, you've been a fan favorite. You you move jerseys. The team loves you. You know, we've been happy. We need more. Like, you hit the ball really. It's like a money ball. I know you, I think you've seen it once. It was like a money ball. They had scenes where they're sitting down the player and saying, hey, when you do this, you do really well. When you do this, you don't do as well. So let's try to focus on doing this. Hosmer, it's easy. You hit the ball really fucking hard, Eric. If you can hit the ball in the air, you're probably going to hit 40 home runs a year. And then in turn, that makes you an all-star, which makes us look like geniuses for signing you. Shuts up all the haters I know you know exist, like uh, Carl on Instagram. Hi, <laughs> Carl. And then in turn, Sick we win more. In. Yeah. And then in turn, we win more. And everybody's happy, right? Right. Great. Like, yeah. I don't think it would take that much to, like, just sit him, like, have management sit him down. I feel like that's the problem. Is that maybe management hasn't sat him down and said, like, hey, we need you to do this. Like, we love this part of you. We need this to be better. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was Tingler and everybody else Tingler magic. Yeah, maybe it was Tingler saying, I love you as a person. I love what you bring to the table. We need you to do more. I need you to hit the ball in the air. Now We gave you two years to do it your way. We're paying you. Now you're going to do it our way. And let's see what happens. Because, again, you're going to get paid no matter what. But if you do it this way, you make us better. Because if he is... What I think he could be hitting the ball in the air, he completely changes the outlook of the lineup. Yeah. Dude, one of my favorite things is when I shit all over players or teams and then it comes back to bite me in the ass. I will <laughs> eat a shit crow sandwich every day of the week. I do. I love it hit. so much. Like Nothing would make me happier than to see Josh Naylor going to Terry this week and to have our mentions get destroyed. Uh-huh. It's funny, dude. There's like some of the funniest <laughs> shit. Like, people would randomly at me after Hedges does something. And it's fun. Most of them are really funny, but then yeah. other ones are kind of stupid. But, yes. dude, yeah. I get a huge kick out of my mentions just getting obliterated yeah. every time I'm wrong. It, so. it, it's funny because we used to be on the Hedges train <laughs> like I two mean, years ago. I mean, yeah. speak for yourself there. No, no. Uh, but let's see what else we have. All right. 
And actually, it looks like this person uh, left two of them. So maybe I'll play them back to back. Let's see. Let's see. Hey, how's it going, guys? Andy at Ahago5. I just want to wish Eric, you know, you really figured out Pencil and Eric Hosmer in the lineup. I don't know how you knew he was going to kill it, but you really figured that one out in advance. So, look, I don't know how you saw into the future, but you seeing him putting up all those runs, all those RBI, um, I'm proud of you for seeing that. So uh, keep doing that. <laughs> keep penciling him in, and uh, talk to you later. <laughs> He's uh... – He's clearly talking about how I can uh, predict the future based off the opening of the last podcast. Let's see what the follow-up the follow is to that. Yeah, I just want to follow up on the last one. A couple things I keep in mind. Number one, feeling blessed. Potter's baseball is back. Number two, feeling extra blessed. Five Five podcast is back. Number three, feeling extra, extra, extra blessed. Potter's fucking stole game that opening day. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thanks for doing this shit. Love you guys. See ya. We love you. Thank too. you. That was very flattering. Yeah, we love you too. Hey, you Thank know, you. if you guys want to leave another flattering voicemail, because I understand everyone that listens to this, they're not on Twitter, and I'm just realizing this. So if you want to leave a flattering voicemail, telling me how right I am about everything, six one nine three five four nine six six nine. Again, six one nine three five four nine six six nine. And that hotline is open twenty four seven. So if you wake up at three in the morning, you're like, God damn, man, Eric's a genius. Call it. Call it up. Let me know. I would love to play it on the podcast for our uh, three listeners that actually believe what you're saying. So let's see what we have next. Hi, this is Hannah Nancaro Woods. I am just calling to kindly ask that you cease and desist from stealing bits from the Ben and Woods show. <laughs> that would be great. Okay? Thanks. Wear a mask. Go Padres. The Queen. Wow! The Queen, Hannah. Wow, Miss Nancaro Woods. Wow. I, I, I'm... Well, she I'm has honored. to cease and desist. I yes. mean, I thought we were boys. I thought yeah. if Ben and Woods had a completely original bit that I thought was good, I thought since we were friends, hey, we could just use it. But if, if the queen tells us to stop, this might be the last uh, Padre Look Twitter that. segment that we have. Slanging homes and shutting down copyright <laughs> infringement. Wow. Oh, Amazing. Man. You know what? Kelsey and I are hoping to buy a home pretty soon, but I think this this really just gave me the push I need to call Mazone Real Estate. <laughs> 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 to help me find my forever home with my beautiful wife and my son. So there's one more in the there's one more in the uh in the, Is that real estate? In the hop. Let's see. Yeah, real quick, this is Iraq. I wanna know why can't AC stop slobbing over hedges as not? I mean, there are races and then there are races. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the whole message? Is that what he ended yeah, up? Yeah. <laughs> so he wants to know why uh, why AC is slobbering over hedges. Now. You know, in uh, in the uh, in that the pissed me off. Prestigious. Today. That pissed me off today. The prestigious Padre Rasa Twitter thread. It is an ongoing issue that AC seemingly only writes about non Latino and black players. Hmm. 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 It's quite interesting indeed. <laughs> Because it's pretty, like, obvious. Now, I'm not the type of person to sit there and, like, aha, dog whistle! Yeah. I'm not the first person to pull the race card. But uh, for Mejia, who has not played in two days, he did have a bad at-bat. Like, there's no there's no, men- there's no doubting that he had a terrible at-bat. Austin Hedges had a terrible weekend, period. So I get from the standpoint of, like, pointing it out. But it's like, you got to be consistent, right? I'm sure AC is getting pissed off to the point to where he's probably just yelling in the press box, at everybody who's six feet away from him. He has to be. Yeah, he has to be. He's got to be ripping his mask off, yelling at everybody. So, 
And I get that. I get you're frustrated because you're getting lit up on Twitter. But, like, look, guy, you got to be consistent. Like, you're going to call out Mejia, fine. But you need to call out Hedges. He had two pass balls in two days, and he didn't do shit offensively. And even when they asked him to do the simplest thing, lay down a bunt. Exactly. Like, lay Can't down do a it. bunt. You were terrible. There's a better option to get the runner to second with one out than you up with a runner on first with nobody out. But he completely whiffed two days, two days in a row. I think he had three at-bats where he was asked to bunt and completely missed. Yeah. Like, no production. Like, call that out. Call out Naylor who couldn't. You could have told Naylor yesterday a curveball was coming and he was going to miss it. Like, it was awful. And then he overslides the bag and completely cost us a run that inning. That would have gotten us a run that inning, more than likely. That cost us the game. Yeah, it cost us the game. Because it's probably, worst case scenario, tied 4-4. And I like our chances with a runner on second and nobody out. Then the other teams, um, call that out, right? You know, there's been some bad games. Call out Hosmer's first couple of plays at first base. He looked terrible until he hit that, you know, fly ball. Um, call that out. Like, there's there's other things you can call out consistently each game. But when you randomly chime in, when the catcher who we feel to this point, the last two years, has been slighted because he's being played over another catcher who you interviewed and published very, uh, what, what can be the word I could use here? Uh, very unflattering comments um, that seem very self-centered and selfish and very self-serving. Self- yeah, and self-unaware. <laughs> Like, yeah. you can't expect to not get lit up to the point to where you want to risk, rip your mask off and yell at everybody. He has publicly defended Hedges yes. multiple times. Yeah, which is fine, but do it for everybody. Exactly. When people say, hey, Mejia sucks at framing. Yeah, Mejia sucks at framing. Well, you know what? It wasn't one of the things that he was good at. The Indians messed up his development because they immediately tried to move him to third base or the outfield. It's something he's getting better at. Yes, he does need work, but we got to give this guy time because maybe he's a year behind where he should be at that point. Like... Just be consistent. Defend everybody. Yeah. I mean, not to mention, Saturday night, when he guys first started the season, the motherfucker, he went 0 for 4 with three Ks. Not a peep from bad. AC. Not a peep. And then Mejia gets back in there, and he has he a three pitch out there. Remember, he clanked two balls, and I think yes. they both ended up scoring, uh, costing us runs. Dude, and that's what I'm saying. And, and I'm like, hmm. So when you look at the uh, MDRS, the miserable defensive <laughs> run save, that's a negative one. On that. What's Hedges' M-War right now? His M-War, it's not looking good. I think I got minus... It's a little uh, bit too early to calculate it. Minus .69 after two games, almost it, a minus It's around one. there. Yeah. It's around there for sure. But, yeah, I mean, it's just... I think and we had someone tell us, like, oh, you know, it kind of seems a little bit of a reach that people are smoking AC for this. And I'm like, he's publicly defended the shit out of Hedges, who deserves no defending whatsoever. And then Given he every comes out and randomly says it. And there's there were for as good as this weekend was, there were plenty of bad at bats where you can play that out. Mailer is a prime example. He looked bad all day. There were like plenty of bad bats dribbler. that you could look at and be like, oh man, that looked bad. But to to single that one out, I thought that was bullshit. Yeah. And he got smoked yeah. on Twitter for that. And I love to see it. Myers was a good like Absolutely he tried to defend to Myers. It. Oh, you know, Myers swung at that curveball to you know end the inning. Yeah, but it was a strike. Motherfucker, he's coming off a four-pitch walk. Yeah. Like, and he got a breaking ball. I don't care if it was a strike. It was a breaking ball at Three the Three runners knees. on via walk. Yeah. And Myers swings at the first pitch. And the guy ball. who hit in front of Myers took a four-pitch walk, yeah. and he swings at the first pitch. And if it was a fastball, great. I'm not the whole, oh, he threw four pitches, you know, for a ball. He's going to want to throw a strike. So if it's there, swing. Yeah. I don't mind. Yeah, where's like, AC for swinging, that? Yeah, I don't mind swinging 3-0 as long as it's a good pitch to hit. Yeah. He swung at a at a 0 breaking ball at the knees. That was a great pitch for the pitcher. Yep. After the guy walked four straight, like, make him throw a fastball for the love of God. Terrible it terrible approach. Yeah. But not a peep. Well, we'll see what happens uh, this upcoming week. But yeah, very uh 
I wonder if he goes the opposite direction and just completely overdoes it with the Mihilo. Yeah, I doubt it. I don't think, I don't think so. I do think it's a very uh, quite interesting. Quite interesting. That, that it was brought up today. But yeah, He's been very quiet yeah. during uh, during uh, Edge's struggles. He sure has been. So, anyways, we'll see what we have this week. Uh, we'll see if, be- if baseball's even around at this time next week. The rate I feel going. like any day could be the last day at this point, thanks Poor to Marlins. Florida. Marlins finally have home field <laughs> advantage because more than anybody... Other than maybe the Expos in the history of the game, they're used to playing in front of nobody, yep. and they've been taken by COVID-19. Yeah, man. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, assuming there's another week of baseball, we'll be right back here uh, next Monday night uh, talking about hopefully hopefully a successful week for our Padres. Because, goddamn, dude, if there's going to be any any year where we squeak out a World Series championship, I'll take it this year. Man. I'll take it, man. I'll take it. I think the chances are, are looking better and better for us, but I mean, it might be taken away any day. So let's just enjoy the games that we can while we can. And I love the Twitter banter, man. Let's let's keep it up while we can. But uh, we'll see you guys next week. We're out of here.